Hey y'all, it's Emma. I don't know about you, but I do know about Jolie that New Year's Eve is tomorrow and it came as a total surprise to me. I don't know what happened because I knew it was coming and I thought to myself, okay, well, it's coming. So I need to at least like plan to not do anything special. (laughs) Right. Hi, I'm Jolie. And today I got super excited about how big my dubia roaches are for my bearded dragon. I have quite a few adults now and they all seem very happy. But I tried to show Ripley one of them was molting and and she was like, "Um, that's your thing. (laughs) I was like, listen, I never said roaches were my thing. You're the roach lady now? Yeah, like now I'm just the roach lady. It's weird. I get it. Do you think they're cute? I think babies are cute because they're just little teeny tinies. Do you want to squish them and kill them? But like you won't? No. But I mean like with love. I will look at them and be like, oh, you're so little. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, like if they crawl on me, I'm like, "Ah, get off. I get it. I was asking because what I ended up researching is um, cuteness aggression. <gasps> yeah. So today I was like in bed with the kids and like their little feet were like crossed over oh each other. Oh my God. I know. I took pictures. I'm like, you guys are so cute. And I just oh, felt like overwhelmed by it. That's what I felt. I felt so overwhelmed. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll research this. So I spent like all day <laughs> changing my topic. Um, so hopefully I got enough information for this to be interesting, but you know what cuteness aggression is. Yeah. It's a, I'll eat you up. I love you. So essentially like you're so fucking cute. I'm going to eat your goddamn face and I'm real sorry, but I have to do this. Uh (laughs) But you don't. It's like you like yell about it. You're like, oh, you're so fucking cute. I just love you. I want to squeeze you. I want to bash your head in. (laughs) <laughs> whatever. I mean, it can be pretty alarming. I remember like Ripley being really, really little and she was sitting at the table and I saw her feet and I call her toes frog toes because I'm an insane person. <laughs> but I saw her feet and I went, ah, frog toes! And she said, no, no frog toes. I was like, oh, excuse Toddler me. Toddler vibes. I guess I'm getting a little aggressive and I need to chill out. <laughs> It's really interesting. So like, it doesn't happen to everybody. Not everybody feels that way. And it also happens like some people who don't experience that with babies experience it with like puppies or kittens or whatever. Right. And some people don't experience it with anything. And those people like aren't meant to be parents. I don't think like I think like it's evolutionary or something. That makes sense. Or it's like, you're not so cute that I can't stand it. So I'm going to look past all of the shit that you do that pisses me off because I see the cute. Like, it's just going to piss me off. Yeah. So, I mean, what you just said right there is like basically what they kind of figured out. I mean, there's more to it than that. But like the reason why we feel this way, you know, like that, like babies are so cute that we just can't take it. And it's overwhelming is because otherwise we would just abandon them. Because they're annoying. Yeah, they're annoying. And they need like endless care. (laughs) Endless care. I mean, I remember Mateo's like milky, like breast milk poofs, like smelled good to me. Like once he started eating food. Even the like the, the feet. And like the, oh, yeah. like Ripley was so fat that she had rolls and they would get like cheesy. So I had to put anti 
microbial stuff in between her folds to keep like fungus from Yeast growing. Or whatever, yeah. Super fucking gross, right? But I loved that smell. It's just oh, like you're dude, just like a it. baby. You're like all milk mm-hmm. and I'm going to eat you up. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And last time you were over, we were talking about that with Mila. I was like holding her and smelling her paws. And I'm like, you smell like corn chips. And I just love it. We both know that this is a thing. We both live this life. The cuteness aggression life. Yeah. It's very on brand. Right? I know. Totally. (laughs) This is us. Hi. I will eat your child. Mm -hmm. If they're cute. So this is fantastic. And I'll talk more about it later. But like, this is touchy because like, some people just have ugly children, yeah. you know, and it's like... They look like little old men sometimes, and you're just like, ugh. Like, I get yeah. that you're a child, and like, in theory, you're cute, and you're cute as like a little old man kid, but I don't think you're cute, and I don't want to eat you up. Well, and there's been studies done where like, the par- parenting is different, like when your kid is not cute. That's alarming. <laughs> it is alarming. Because you would hope that the psychosis of being a parent would like change that a little bit. Right, I mean, and it must, and I think like, for dads, dads see like more resemblance, like what they like really like is the resemblance of themselves in the child where like moms like cuteness, like with adopting children. I read that to the moms, like the cuteness is important, like how cute they are. But to the dads, it's like, well, do you look like me and my wife? I like that. Am I going to have to explain a lot of shit to people or like... I guess it's just like a way to feel closeness. Anywho, I read a New York Times opinion piece about all this written by this lady named Pagan Kennedy. And she doesn't like the smell of babies, like their heads. But she thought it was weird because like she had friends and like a lot of them started having babies and she's just like, ew, this is annoying. And like one of her friends asked her to just like smell her baby's head and she did. And she's like, I'm not getting it. Like, Like, I don't Yeah. And at that point, she realized like something's wrong with me. I need to like learn more about this. So she started like researching what she called baby hunger. The wanting to eat a baby up, like put the feet in the mouth, like all of this shit. Stuff that I would never do because I fucking hate feet. I hate feet. I think they're nasty. Right. But I I know I will eat my child's toes. She will put them out and I don't care if they're stinky. Like I do care if they're dirty. I'll just like, mom. Yeah. I mean, I don't really smell Nori's feet as much as I used to when she was younger, but like Mateo, I still do like a little space between the bottom of his feet and his toes. Like oh. where like, that's the spot. She's like, Ooh, your feet smell so terrible. I just like love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this lady wasn't vibing with it. Right. Um, and she brought up this interview with Leslie Bibb, the actress, and she was on Conan O'Brien. And I actually remember seeing this clip and I didn't like think about it until I read this. But basically, she's telling a story to Conan O'Brien about like seeing a baby that was so cute, it like made her nuts. She's telling the story and she's just like grinding her teeth and like shaking. She's like, you're so cute. Like, I can't take it. (laughs) And like some people thought that was sort of weird. This woman named Oriana Aragon, she was a teacher at All these names. I know. It's like they reached in a bucket and picked out some vowels. Pagan, (laughs) I think, is a really great name, but it's like asking for trouble. For your oh, kid. yeah, <laughs> definitely. I know. Send her to like Catholic school. This woman, Dr. Aragon, she, or maybe Aragon, because it has like an accent over the O. She was just like totally overwhelmed with this interview. And she's a social psychologist. And she's just like, you know what? Let's look into this. Upon looking into it, she came to the conclusion that feelings of tenderness can be so overwhelming that they spill over into a different type of behavior that she calls cute aggression. I fucking love you! 
<laughs> yeah, seriously. So an, an example that she gave is when you see a grandparent pinching a baby's cheeks and saying, I want to eat you up, you know, that's it. And it's like, right. in fact, like baby talk can sound like super serial killer-ish if you take it out of context. Like you're telling a puppy you want to squish it. You're telling a baby you want to like bash its head in, like whatever. Right. You know, and it's like super weird. So they decided to do some real studies about it. This is the first experiment ever where they got like different volunteers to do it and everybody received bubble wrap. And then they were shown like a series of images, like super cute stuff, like little kittens, but also like adult cats, adults, like less cute babies, cute babies. Basically like the cuter images like made the people pop more bubbles. The bubble wrap. Like they're just like, ah! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like, this is amazing. This is what I do to this face. (laughs) Yeah. So this was the first time that like scientists looked into it and, you know, really started finding evidence of this being a thing and not just people being like fucking weird. So they also did other studies at Yale where she was. One of them was like an online survey. It's a little confusing because there's like a few different studies, but they all like sort of. They like mesh. Yeah. And like they were like some of the people ended up working together. So there's another woman named Catherine K.M. Starvopoulos. I don't know. She must be Greek. But All of them Greek names. Handful of consonants. <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> God, I went to high school with like a Greek person. What was his last name? Maybe he was actually Russian. I don't know. The Russians have like really intense consonant Very issues. Very interesting anecdote, right? <laughs> yeah. That was great. Thank you. I like went to school with someone <laughs> from somewhere. They were from somewhere. Their name was weird. And intense, but beautiful, as all names are. Thank you very much, (laughs) Russians. We love you. So this lady, they did another study, like, based on this other information, you know, that this is a thing. People get, like, violent thoughts (laughs) when they see cute stuff. So they decided to do another study, like, with people aged 18 to 40 years old, and they had cute babies, and these cute babies were, like, extra cute. Like Gerber babies? Well, they altered them. Like, they made their eyes bigger and their cheeks bigger Ah. and, like, their foreheads bigger. Then, like, less cute babies, which I'm assuming are just, like... Normal-ass babies. Yeah, like, regular cuties. Or, like, newborns Um, when their faces are, are all, like, smushed up. They, they were looking for more, more like, why? Like, why is this a thing? Why do we feel this way? What in the world is this for? Yeah, right? Their hypothesis was basically that it serves as like a mechanism to kind of regulate super overwhelming emotions. You're feeling so overwhelmed that your brain is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's think something contradictory, like reel it in. Right. <laughs> you know, like calm down. Like you need to get your shit together. You cannot eat this baby. Well, and I don't even think that you want to eat the baby. I think it's just like you're feeling so overwhelmed with like love and cuteness for them that your brain is just like, get it together. We're going to like think about violence or something. And it's pretty interesting. Like some of the information that they found, I think in this study, I'll see as I like scroll down. (laughs) But in one of the studies, they found that the cuter the stimuli and like the more intense these feelings are, the faster they like go back to their regular feelings. So it's almost like this rush of like, oh, I want to eat you. And then like after that, it's like, okay, yeah, that baby's cute. It's fine. They were able to discover that like, if you find something to be like so super cute, the cute aggression comes on to like- To get your shit together. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like with evolution, it wouldn't have been good for us as human beings if we like became so overwhelmed with our cute babies that we like couldn't take care of them. Right. And I understand that. It's like when you have a newborn baby, it's like you love them so much. 
you know, you just want to like stare at them all day and like smell them and just like love them. And it doesn't matter that they can't do anything and are like throwing up on you or like... Right. Or that you need to go to sleep. Exactly. What they came up with is like our brain is just like, yo... Time to do person shit. Yeah. Yo, (laughs) squish that baby, whatever, moving forward. (laughs) Yeah. So the other thing that that study found, it says behavioral data suggests that appraisal and expressions of caretaking are mediated by being overwhelmed and that feelings of cute aggression and caretaking are like intertwined. Yeah, that makes sense. I would assume that that has something to do with the overwhelming desire to also protect your offspring or to protect like the young. Yeah. Like you have to have that aggression in there. Otherwise, you're not you're not going to care to. I read some like Reddit threads where people were saying that like, I mean, it was like idiots, you know, just like people at home on their computer being like, this is bullshit. Like, I think this and other people are I like, read about yeah. it for five minutes. So I know all of it. It's totally, you know, like I do here every like week. Like we do here. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I'm not having strong opinions on Reddit. And that's, that's really where I draw the line between us and them. Right, totally. But somebody was saying something like you were saying, where it's like, basically, like, because we have like these predatory instincts, contradictory to like wanting to protect our children from people and like use those predatory instincts on others, like you feel that way to your kids. I mean, it was just like some idiot saying that, but I don't know. It's interesting to think about. I mean, it's interesting to think of in the terms of like a lot of people treat their children as like possessions, which I think is kind of predatory. Oh, yeah. Like not letting your child have their own interests. Some of that could be like fear-based. Like, I don't want you to suffer. So I'm going to like whip you into submission so that you can have a what I consider to be a good life. And I think some of it is just very much like you belong to me. Mm-hmm. You're mine. Yeah. Or like fear of them like leaving you. Right. Or, or fear of like some sort of social repercussion of them not succeeding and you having to tell other people that they haven't succeeded. Yeah, I think about that sometimes with my own mom. Like her side is like everybody's doctors. And then I like didn't finish college and like bounce around from thing to thing. I'm like, oh, are you like embarrassed of me? But you know, she's pretty cool. And it seems like she's proud of me. And seems like she loves me. What's worse though, having a child who bucked the trend of everyone becoming doctors and lawyers or having a child who is like a failed doctor? So the woman who wrote the New York Times opinion piece, Pagan Kennedy, she actually spoke with Dr. Stavropoulos, the woman who did the study with like the altered babies and stuff. And neither of those women think babies smell good. Somehow they like connected over that. And it turns out that both of them are totally triggered by dogs. Like any dog or just like puppies? I think puppies, but their own dogs, it's fine if they're adults. Dr. Stavropoulos says, round floppy puppies that look like cotton balls. I feel like I want to squeeze them until they pop. (laughs) But of course, I don't really want them to pop. And Pagan says, when my dog Sunny sprawls on the floor, I will massage the soft flesh of her belly and tell her how I'd like to eat her stomach with a spoon because it's like pudding, which is weird. (laughs) Her quote. And they both are into the, the paw smelling like me. I loved paw smell. Me too. The paw smell is just like... It's bizarre. And you know it's yeast. Yeah, it's yeast. It's nasty to think about. <laughs> oh, it, it totally so is. Good. So Pagan <laughs> Kennedy was like embarrassed about it and decided to bring it up. And she was just like, oh, like, like I feel this way about my dog. I just love it. And the doctor was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that you brought this up because me too. Right. And she mentioned like what you were saying, how it smells like corn chips and that it's the cutest smell ever. Right. But like... Corn chips aren't cute. I don't look at a bag of Fritos and think, wow, I'm going to squish you. 
I think Smell like don't inside. squish the chips because then you don't have chips. You have crumbs. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Yummy, not cute. The like newborn puppy smell, like the inside of their mouth. Mm. Like I don't know what it is. It's just like new mouth smell is what I call it. I like that with the babies too. Yeah. Like the milky breath. So good. Or you're just like, it doesn't smell like much of anything. It doesn't smell like a mouth with bacteria. It smells like a nice new mouth. That new mouth smell. So I remember like when all this information started coming out, like these studies were done in like 2015 or something. And I read about it. Like, I think I actually read this New York Times article like five years ago. So I'm just like really into reading and I like to be informed. (laughs) (sighs) But uh, I remember talking to my mom about it. So like my mom's a great mom. I love her. I'm not sure if she's still listens. And if she does, I love you, mom. Like whatever I'm about to say, like don't feel upset about it because I think you're the best. But my mom's not like the warmest caretaker. She just isn't. It just like isn't in her nature. You know, it's not for everybody. It's just not. Like I think that she's a great mom. Yeah. Doesn't make someone a bad mom to not be like a a warm and like, oh, I'm going to squish this baby. Exactly. Like she wasn't very physically affectionate to me growing up. And like even now it's like a little awkward when we like hug or whatever. (laughs) But I, I love her and it's whatever. But I brought this up to her and she does not like the smell of babies. Like she's never been a baby squeezer or a baby smeller. That's interesting. I know. And I think it like offended her a little bit when I brought it up. I should ask her again now that she has like grandkids. Maybe she smelled them. It offended her? Like in what way? We didn't, we had like a strained relationship growing up. Well, because my dad was like a crazy person and like fed me misinformation about my mom to like deal with his own bullshit. Insecurities. Totally. But she's like sensitive about it, you know, about me like criticizing her parenting or, you know, which I'm not. I mean, this is like just science and it's interesting to me. I'm like, hey, you don't really like to like hug people. Like maybe you don't like how people smell. Yeah. It's not a me specific thing. It has nothing to do with how you're, you're a parent. It's just like, you don't, this is not a thing that you enjoy. Well, yeah. And it also like, in some ways made me be like, oh, okay. Yeah. This makes sense. This all makes sense to me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, totally. So this study hasn't been done yet, but because Dr. Stavropoulos, because she's like more into the dog and animal camp of cuteness, she like eventually wants to do a study about the brains of people who are parents versus childless people and how they react differently to cuteness. Most of the studies that were done were with women of fertile age. Oh, I wonder how it changes as you get older and your hormones change. Right. I feel like it probably leans more toward like small things, like any small thing. Well, yeah. I mean, think about like the types of things people watch online. Right. You know, like there's like cute porn, like the cats with toast and their heads. And I watched a thing recently about a tiny, tiny horse that had like a, it was like a dwarf horse essentially. So it would always, always, always be small. So it lived in a house and I cried. (laughs) I believe that you cried. It was so fucking cute. I really like small things. I really like animals and I really like kids. Anything small, I'm just like, I'm going to eat all of it. Yeah, you like really are affected by this cuteness aggression. Yeah. I wonder what that means. Shouldn't I know? Because I just like read about it all day long. I don't. It means I, if I ever go crazy, it's not that I'm going to kill a bunch of kids. It's that I'm going to like blow up a building. Yeah. Well, there's also been like people like curious about whether these feelings, like if you ever like actually want to act upon them. And the answer is no. No. Like, no, it's very different because it's like more you would of a reaction cause pain. to pain. It's called dimorphous expression. So that's like when you have like super intense positive feelings, they'll often produce a hybrid positive and negative expression. So like 
when you're so happy that you cry, like right. happy tears. Or like for me, if I'm having a really serious conversation or if something like really upsetting happened, I like laugh when I'm talking about it. Like your body is just processing so much. It's like, take it down. Yeah. Well, I think it's almost like, whoa, like don't get so sucked into this like trauma. Right. Like now you're going to like laugh. I think I told you this, but I like cat sat and like a bunch of cats died. It was like really fucked up and horrible. Wait, what? Oh, it was like really bad. It was like the worst thing that's ever happened to me before, but it's really not my fault. This is like true trauma. When I tell a story like this, like I laugh because it's so horrible, but it's not funny. It's not funny at all. It's It's not funny. It's like you trying not to cry. They were like camping. I couldn't like talk to them. They're going to come home and like hate me. And they were just like, oh, the cats were old. I was like, oh, like nobody was ever mad at me or anything. It's fucking weird. I can imagine. But usually when I tell the story, I'm like laughing and I'm just like, it's not funny. Like I'm not laughing because it's funny. Like, like, it's not. I'm laughing because I, I don't know what else to do with myself right now. Totally. So that is definitely a dimorphous expression. Yeah. So, I mean, please don't think I'm like the worst person ever. Like I definitely... Well, I can tell that you're feeling a lot right now, looking at your face. Like, even with you smiling and trying to, like, push through it, you can tell that, like, your whole face is about to collapse. It was really bad. And I just, like, had never really experienced death like that before. And cats, like, cats are like, you love them so much. And, like, when I even talked to the girl, like, kind of recently about it, I don't know, like, we were, like, having drinks or something. And somehow it came up. And she's like, I'm not mad at you about that at all. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is, to me, like, I I totally get it. Like, cats are, especially when they're old, they're pretty sensitive. And it usually happens like that. Like, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. And then you're like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, you were like a kitten two days ago, and now you're dying. I had no idea. But yeah, so that's that's dimorphous expression. And it's like exactly that. It's like these feelings that I have around this are so strong and like bad that I just like laugh about it or like Nori has happy tears a lot. For me, it's like getting so angry that I start crying. Mm. Or I'm just like, I am so fucking mad that I could kill you. So instead, I'm gonna cry like a little bitch. Mm -hmm. I I do that too. (laughs) Like I am on the verge of fucking murdering you. So I'm just gonna cry. I feel like it's almost like self-preservation or something. It's like you're so mad and then you like cry and then like the other person takes care of you <laughs> or something. I feel like it's more like you're so mad that you could kill somebody. So you cry so that you feel completely like, you know, taken out of the situation. You're just like, oh, I like now I'm crying. It's going to be real weird if I'd stab you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> All my big feelings are out. I can avoid killing you for at least two more days. <laughs> I'm not wanting to kill you because you're cute. I'm wanting to kill you because I hate you. Right. Like I'm not, I always have to say like, I'm not crying because I'm sad or hurt. I'm crying because I'm so fucking angry. I don't know what to do. Right. Oh my God. There's something that I didn't research and I wish I did. It's called tocophobia, the fear of being pregnant. The fuck? These people who think that babies' heads smell bad, they're like, gosh, like, is this tocophobia? It's not. There was a Reddit thread called Child Free as a kind of janitor or janitor. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I'm like still caught up in the trauma of that cat story. Oh my God. I got to reel it in. I still think about it all the time. Like it haunts me. Like I need to like go to to, what's that therapy where they like track your eye movements or whatever. Um, Not EDM. Yeah, not not EDM. EMDR. Yeah, EMDR. I don't know. That thing. I need to go there. The thing with the thing and the lights and the hypnotism. 
<laughs> yeah, or like go go to an NLP workshop. Or oh something. my God, just learn to be a sociopath. I don't care about anything. And then, and then I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, so there there's a this Reddit thread where people just like some people just don't want to have kids, and like I think it goes back to the head smelling. Yeah. And this one comment is like, it's just who I am. From the time that I can remember, I was given baby dolls, and I refused to play with them. I'm just not supposed to be someone's mom. People get so weird about other people not wanting to be parents. It confuses the shit out of me. I'm like, what does it fucking matter if she wants to like have kids or if he wants to have kids someday? Does it matter? Right. How does it affect anybody? Even grandparents. I'm like, you know what? Everybody needs like, you know, a step grandparent. So just like step Mm -hmm. into some kid's life. If you want to like have the grandparenting experience, there are plenty of needy kids who totally. could use like an older figure of stability. Let that totally. be your grandchild. And like being like a cool, like the cool auntie or whatever. Fuck yeah. We all need cool right? aunties. Right. And then like all your money is yours to spend. Fuck yeah, like man. Do whatever you want. And when you're with the kids, you're like super present because you're, it's not day in, day out. Like everybody needs, oh, yeah. like you have to have those people in your life. Otherwise you're going to drive yourself fucking insane. Yeah. Play with my kid. <laughs> Take that. Well, my old roommate, Allie, my kid's Tati, like she'll take Nori sometimes to like play dates. I mean, I shouldn't say sometimes, but it happened a few times <laughs> since we don't live together anymore. And it's awesome, you know, because she's like, let's go spend a bunch of money and have fun and eat candy. Yeah. And also that's like an outside adult that your kid can form a bond with that is mm-hmm. safe, hopefully. You know, mm-hmm. you can't always choose whether or not someone's going to continue to be safe. But if they're yeah. safe, then that's a person that if your kid doesn't feel comfortable talking to you about something, they might talk to auntie. Totally. And she'll tell me what's up. Or she'll just give like really sound advice and be like, you need to talk to your mom or I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which I think is probably better than like going behind the kid's path. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would be like, you have a week to tell your mother this terrible thing or that else. you're thinking about. Otherwise. I recorded our conversation. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to talk to her. And if I talk to her, it's going to be worse. Yeah. <laughs> so it says, you know, there's been polls done and it suggested about one sixth of people of reproductive age aren't sure that they want children. And a lot of these people who are in that group are sure that they don't want children. But he's like, we're talking about, you know, it's like weird to say that. Right. Nori doesn't want to be a mom and she doesn't like playing with baby dolls. She never played with baby dolls. She likes to play family. Yeah, but family is different. Like any anything can be a family. Yeah, she likes to play family with her brother and like she's usually mom and he's like the baby, but it's like different because she doesn't really have to like take care of them. Like she never did that baby play. Teo does the baby play. Like he carries around a baby and like is worried about it. (laughs) Like puts it down for a nap and shit. Aww. He'll probably be a daddy. It's just not for everybody. And I think people Mm -hmm. who have children... If they have kids, I think it's irresponsible to be like, yeah, kids are the best thing and the and the the perfect thing for everybody's life. I think if you have kids, you should know better than anybody that it's real fucking hard. And if you were on the fence, you just shouldn't have kids. Oh, 100%. I just watched, <laughs> I don't know if you like holiday movies or rom-coms, but this is a holiday rom-com called Holiday, which is on Netflix. It was stupid, but I really liked it, you know, <laughs> for, for what it was. But one of the characters was like pregnant. She was like not an important character. She's like the new girlfriend of somebody's wow. ex-boyfriend. Not an important character. Way to devalue somebody's life. Oh my God. She wasn't important at all. She's like the new hot girlfriend of like oh, her ex-boyfriend. Nobody she's cares. like super young and they're at a party and she's like super pregnant. And then 
the girl's sister, like the main character's sister is like a mom of four, like whatever. And the lady's like, I told you, I told you this baby wasn't going to change our life. Like while she's still pregnant and the uh, mom just starts like cracking (laughs) up. Oh, sweetie. Say goodbye to that old life. Right. That doesn't exist for you anymore. Nope. So (laughs) that's why we think our kids are so cute. Otherwise, we'd be like, go away. Um, okay, so speaking of blah, 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 blah. So we talked about the bubble <laughs> the bubble wrap. Speaking of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we talked about the bubble wrap. So people pop more bubbles when they look at a kitten than an adult cat. You only want to crush or squeeze with like things that are super cute. Right. So that lady at Yale, um, Aragon, and her colleagues at Yale, and at Yale, and at Yale, they were at Yale. <laughs> so <laughs> were they at like, Yale? Fine. I said it like five times. Wow. They did like a bunch of different experiments. So they did that first one with the bubble wrap. They ended up doing that online survey from Yale that I was talking about. And that's where they like altered the face, you know, to be like super duper cute. Right. So these two different expressions, the dimorphous expressions, they both have the same origin. You know, they're not like situation specific. No matter what the positive emotion is, like you can have this sort of response. Just like we're talking about, like with you and me, it's like people who have this sort of response to the cute stimuli, like babies and kitties or whatever. They often cry when they're happy or laugh when they're scared or, or, you know, crying at the end of like a Disney movie when everything's wrapped up, you know, you're like, right. You're like, Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Just this concept in itself kind of shows that this is a general mechanism of expression that helps us regulate our positive emotions. It's weird that that would be the choice of regulation though. The like crying when something is like happy. You're restoring like your equilibrium, like with these different emotions. So there was a study and it had 679 participants. You know, again, it's like the more infantile the baby is, the cuter it is and the more like aggressive people feel about it. (laughs) But it's always like being overwhelmed with happiness. So the people who showed higher expressions of aggression while looking at the babies also showed a bigger drop off in positive emotions five minutes after viewing the images. They see it and they're like, I fucking love you. And then they're like, yeah, everything's fine. I'm good. Like I, it's like getting it out. Dr. Oriana Aragon from Yale. She says they seem to take place when people are overwhelmed with strong positive emotions and people who do this seem to recover better from those strong emotions. So in some ways it's like, you know, if we think about it, like having these sort of shows that you're like emotionally together. Like there's some flexibility. Yeah. Like your brain and body is not going to let you like totally lose it into like your emotions. I was wondering if essentially we weren't able to have that paradoxical response, if we would just end up kind of going into a almost like a bipolar manic state. Mm -hmm. Then what? Yeah. Then then you would just like lose your fucking mind, I guess. You would start kidnapping children. I would certainly kidnap small things. Right. Like you are cute. I'm going to have you. I mm-hmm. love you. I need you. I'm eating you. <laughs> I need to squeeze you. I'm probably not going to eat you still, but I'm going to squish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wrote, so I guess if you feel the desire to attack cute things, you're pretty emotionally healthy. <laughs> Which is true. So it's like, the, what does she say? She says, these insights advance our understanding of how people express and control their emotions, which is importantly related to mental and physical health, the quality of relationships with others, and even how well people work together. I mean, it also makes sense because I feel like people who don't have those like really large emotional shifts from time to time, when they do have any sort of upset and they're, like you said, their equilibrium, it is way more intense and it lasts way longer, which has got to be like really crazy making, I think. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't really think about this until right now, but like some people when they're depressed or stressed like to have sex, Mm -hmm. you know, and I wonder if that's like the same kind of emotion. I'm going to have sex until I feel the better thing. I was reading a book called Come As You Are, which is really good (laughs) about like female sexuality. I really enjoyed the book. They talked about that. Like some people have like these on and off switches, you know, and like to have like a healthy sex life, you need to like understand what your triggers are. It's like your partner when they're stressed out might not want to be touched and just be left alone, but Mm -hmm. you might like be stressed out and be like, I just need to fuck and like get this out of me or whatever. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I'm definitely like, if I'm stressed out, I don't want to have sex and I don't want, I don't even want it brought up. Just like, if you ask me, I'm going to lose my fucking shit on you because it's clear that I'm having a hard time and you're just one more person that wants something from me that I can't give. I feel that way, but Benny knows now that if he like gives me a rub or something, you know, like gives me a back rub, but then like starts touching my butt, I'll like fuck him and then feel better afterward. <laughs> it's like a trick. Oh yeah, it's a trick and it works. But like if I, if he was to approach me like telling hey, me- Hey babe, this always works. Be like, go I'd fuck like, yourself. Oh, straight up. It's like, <laughs> but also part of me is like, I'm going to lay down when you touch my butt. So listen, I'm real depressed, but if you touch my butt for a minute, like I might feel better, but like, don't, don't expect anything. Mm-hmm. I but might like, fuck you though. <laughs> but like, I might, we'll see. <laughs> I always started by saying like, look, I'm not in the mood, but. I could be. <laughs> but I don't want you to be like all weird later if we haven't had sex in a while. So like. So like, should we? <laughs> and then I'm like, fine. Like, is this romantic? <laughs> is this doing it for you? Oh my God. I like can't have romantic sex. I try. And then I'm like, shut up. Say something mean to me. Bryson has figured out that the way to like really creep me out, make me not want to be anywhere near him is to just come over to my side of the bed, which is already feels like a a little invasive because he's so big. Touch me and look deeply into my eyes and say nice things to me. And I'm just like, ew, get the fuck out of here. What's the matter (laughs) with you? Go away. So now he's just like comes over and he's like, look, babe. You're my person. I'm like, get the fuck. Go. Get out of here. (laughs) Yuck. Gross. Where are the insults? This is too much. Nasty. Write all these thoughts down and put them in a jar and throw it outside. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cares about your feelings. Gross. Yeah, yeah. We're married. It's whatever. (laughs) I love you. It's fine. So that lady Catherine whatever. That lady, that neuroscientist. Greek lady? Greek lady. She did like really similar studies, the ones that she did, except the people had like sensors on their head that measured their brain activity. And basically like what they learned there is that the cute aggression involves the reward system in our brain. Okay. So let's talk about the brain. Yes. Subject line, in the brain. So let's just talk about like hormones in the brain first. I don't know about you, but I didn't know very much about this. I mean, some of it, like I know, whatever, I'm going to just share it. I know a little bit, mainly that testosterone being like a chemical that makes people like aggressive is not necessarily Mm -hmm. true. Or like oxytocin being a love hormone is also not necessarily true because oxytocin can be released when you are being aggressive. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like the thing that like makes you want to protect. So it would make sense that like oxytocin could also make you more aggressive. But testosterone is also like a lack of testosterone leads to men feeling less friendly towards each other and feeling more depression. Testosterone can also work as like a, a kind of a chemical that creates more kind of companion type behaviors. Hmm. Interesting. I'm glad that you shared that because I actually didn't write that down. I didn't talk about... I'll double check it and make sure that I said everything right. So don't get too excited and reference it a lot. 
<laughs> we're no we're no scientists, okay? Listen, I didn't read a thing. Oh, dude. So I even like <laughs> had to make a note in here that I just hardly know what this means. So I needed to just like copy it down. <laughs> I'm just like, this is too much science. So dopamine is released when engaging with an object that you perceive as cute. And right. it's also released during aggression. So that's a neuronal reward system, dopamine, oxytocin. So these are all hormones that are released during cute aggression. I okay. should say that first. Oxytocin is a hormone and neurotransmitter that controls empathy and forms bonds with others. Serotonin regulates mood, social behaviors, and digestion. I wonder if that's when you, like, why when you take Molly, you have to, like, shit yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, you'll just sit on the toilet, like, is it going to happen? Honestly, even just, like, thinking about taking Molly makes me feel like I have to poop. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. Oh, my God, it is. Anyway, endorphins um, involved in pain tolerance associated with fight or flight stress response. Corticotropin releasing hormone or CRH stimulates the production of ACTH, which is the adrenal corticotropin. It's a big word. So that's the production of cortisol. Mm-hmm. That's what that does. And then cortisol controls blood sugar levels, regulates your metabolism. Adrenaline, a neurotransmitter involved in stress response, controls heart rate and sweat secretion amount. And noradrenaline, which I've actually never heard of before. It's a comparable function to adrenaline, stress response hormone. When presented, and again, I'm reading this. I'm like not a scientist. This hardly hardly makes sense to me. Maybe this is like not reading me it out loud. Saying it, I'm reading a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is the name of our shows. <laughs> so, when presented with acute stimulus, the natural response is usually positive. Then I wrote an equal sign. I don't know. Activity within the hippocampus located in the medial temporal lobe of the brain. When presented with acute stimulus, activity within the hippocampus shows up on an MRI. Dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin are all released during a pleasurable situation and are thus involved in neurological reward pathways. CTH, ACTH, cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline are all involved in the aggressive side of the response. When exposed to a stimulus, the emotions experienced activate the amygdala in the brain, eventually activating the hypothalamus, which will in turn release CTH, which travels via the infundibulum. Yeah, that sounds right. It travels via the infundibulum. <laughs> it's, it's a word that I can't pronounce. It must be right. That's that's definitely how you say it. Oh, yeah. Um, in order to bind to receptors, <laughs> allowing for the release of ACTH into the bloodstream, which will bind to receptors in the adrenal glands, which will release cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline as a stress response. This reward pathway pairs with the stress response because the body strives to achieve homeostatic levels of emotion in addition to other psychological balances. In order to prevent becoming overly consumed by an emotion, the body will release hormones that impose the opposite effect, keeping the emotions under control. That makes sense. There's the science like based on an MRI of people looking at cute stuff, you know, and then sort of like the scientists being like, okay, this is what we see. This is what's happening. I think it's amazing because I never think about the body actually trying not to have big emotions. It never occurs to me that all emotional response that is like larger than, you know, just a general like, oh, that makes me smile Mm -hmm. is an unwanted reaction because it keeps you from being able to react to the stimuli around you appropriately. Yeah. So you're not just like acting like a psycho. Right. (laughs) You're not just like, wee, everything's great, guys. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, calm down, weirdo. It's like there's literally a lion out there that's trying to get us. Can you just bring it in? (laughs) Glad you love your kid. Get it together. Something that's interesting about this to me is that culturally for us, like we just sort of are discovering this now and coming up with a name for it, even though we all like sort of know it's a thing. And I'm sure forever we have in different 
cultures, there's actual words for this. So in Filipino, the word gigil refers to the gritting of teeth and the urge to pinch or squeeze something that is unbearably cute. In Indonesian, the word gamas refers to the built-up feeling you feel when seeing cute objects, which then leads up to the gritting teeth or the urge to pinch. And the Czech word muchlova means the desire to squeeze a cute person. Okay, but what does it say about me that when I see something that's small, like like a baby powder that is like the same dimensions essentially, but just shrunk down as like oh, a regular baby powder, cute. where you're like, I don't want to squeeze or eat you, but I am going to cry. So that's similar, and I I can I'll get into that a little bit because I'm talking about just like cuteness in general. I do just want to read something that I wrote when I was like stoned earlier. <laughs> And I wrote, I fucking love my kids, but why do I sometimes feel compelled to eat them or to squeeze them so hard that their body explodes or maybe merges into my own? That's what my like high ass wrote, right? I just oh, want to squeeze God, you so much no. that it's just like you enter my flesh and like our bones become one. You can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Am I freaking you out? But anyway, back to this lady, Oriana Aragon. This is really relevant. Okay. Subject line. Parenting is hard as fuck. Yeah. This is just a quote from her. It's reasonable to assume that our extreme reaction to cuteness is evolution's way of making sure that parents do the relentless work of nurturing children. To perpetuate the species, parents must feel driven to hold their babies for hours. And that might explain why the urge to squeeze gets mixed into a cocktail of tender emotion. The amount of love that I have for my child can sometimes produce a little bit of resentment, not for her, but for like my general situation Mm -hmm. where it's like, I feel like I'm giving and giving and giving and there's Mm -hmm. nothing being put back in the tank, but I don't expect her to do that for me because it's not her job. She's a child. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like I'd never, I would never put that on her. And I tell her all the time, like you are the light of my world, but I want you to understand that it is not your job to make me happy. Ever, ever, Mm -hmm. ever. That's not your job. That's my job. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, at what point do I get a second to refill my tank? Yeah. You can't pour from an empty cup. My cup is gone. Where is my cup? (laughs) I don't even have a cup anymore. (laughs) My cup is always her cup. That's how it is. If I have water, it's mommy, can I have some of your water? It's like, where the fuck is your cup? Where's your cup? Dude, Benny buys me Milky Ways because they're my favorite candy. And today, Nori ate part of my Milky Way. And she can't eat dairy, first of all. And I was like distracted. (laughs) Right? I know. And I was distracted. Like I was drawing something. I'm making like this cute sticker. of. Anyway, I was working on it. I was distracted. And I guess she asked me. And then I smelled it on her. And I was like, this is like the one thing that's mine. And I like buy it because you can't have it. (laughs) (laughs) This is for me. And she was like, but you said I could eat it. And I was like, well, you should know better because you can't eat dairy. Blah, blah, blah. I was like a total asshole. And I ended up like giving her a hug and saying sorry and whatever. But you know, what we're talking about is just like, that's mine. And like, I don't want my chocolate bar to be yours. Right. There, There's so little that I have that's just mine. Dude, same thing with mozzarella sticks. I like eat mozzarella sticks all the fucking time. And it's because nobody else in the house can eat them. This is my one thing. (laughs) Instead of having privacy or like money or like anything else, I have these mozzarella sticks. And I'm going to eat them in front of you guys. Mm. (laughs) This is so fucking delicious. Right? It's like straight up diction. (laughs) Such an asshole. Anyway, I'm almost done. I only have a little bit left to talk about. Okay. I was wondering when you'd be done with this. (laughs) Are we we done yet? (laughs) Whatever, bitch. Um... We talked about that Yale online study a little bit and like how they did like they did the things. They did the <laughs> things with the stuff. Idiot. Things went on the head. They measured the stuff. 
Totally. No, this one was the online survey where they oh. showed people different pictures of babies to try to induce this like feeling of wanting to squish people. Okay. And the babies were all of varying cuteness. And they used a metric determined using what are considered the prime indicators of <laughs> adorbsness. I can't believe I wrote that. Big eyes, oversized ears, that kind of thing. Totally. So cuteness as a metric was created by this guy, Conrad Lorenz, um, and he identified something called the baby schema. He's actually like German or something. It's really like kind chin schema. These things include a large head, a round face, and big eyes. Really like anything that makes you look more like a baby. It's like neoteny, right? Like what we talked about with self-domestication. Shameless plug. Baby ape men and the self-domestication theory. Yeah. And then it's also, it's like the opposite of the uncanny valley, you know, like where things become too real, where they look weird. Where they look kind of like us, but not quite enough like us for it to look real. Yeah. So it's like the opposite of that. The study found that the stronger people experience the nurturing impulse and the resulting aggressive response, we talked about this, then it like passed really fast. The cuter the baby was, like just in general, like in in regard to like the baby schema, the more intense was the desire to crush them. (laughs) Interesting, right? That seems like a design flaw. I know, right? (laughs) Like I understand the usefulness of it, but like it seems like a design flaw. Ah, shit. I knew I programmed that wrong. (laughs) Right? She crushed another one. (laughs) Right. So I just want to talk a little bit more about baby schema. So these things that are perceived as cute, they motivate caretaking behavior, like for evolution, like to make sure that we take care of our kids. Large head, big eyes, high and protruding forehead, chubby cheeks, small nose and mouth, short and thick extremities, and plump body shape. Those are all those things. Think about a chihuahua. There you go. Totally. Or an LOL doll. Yeah. Yeah. LOL dolls are like exactly that. But yeah, so most of these baby schema features are in the head and the face. So this woman named Catherine Carricker from West Virginia University, she did another study where she like manipulated the faces of babies to make them like super cute. So 16 women were shown these photos. And again, their brain activity was measured. I think also their blood, but I didn't really understand what that meant because it was like a super scientific paper I read. So these ladies were asked to rate the babies one to three, one being like less cute, three being the most cute. And obviously the altered babies were the cutest because right. whatever. But yeah, they found that like the cuter the baby, the more they wanted to caretake. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Like when I read my notes, I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like in layman's terms, because what I read was super sciencey and I didn't understand it at all. Ha ha. <laughs> Like, that's like in my notes. Uh-huh. What's up? I'm an idiot. It means like we yeah. like to take care of cute shit. <laughs> LMAO. <laughs> but basically the part of the brain that is activated during cuteness overload is linked to the anticipation of reward. So the baby schema releases approach behavior toward infants, you know? So it's like, oh my God, you're so cute. Like I need to like go touch you because I'm going to get like joy from it. This makes me feel less weird about always wanting to go up to babies that I don't know. Or I'm just oh, like, totally. I know that I'm, a total fucking weirdo right now. I'm a, I'm a stranger, but oh my God, you're so cute. I need to be near you. No, totally. It's a thing. And in that New York Times opinion piece, she mentioned that too. You know, like people like squeeing over like strange babies and stuff. Oh my God. I'll see them from across the room and I'm like, I'm going to get so uncomfortable. I'm going to make <laughs> friends with you and you're going to think I'm real weird and then you're going to smile at me once and I'm going to be like, ah! She likes me. <laughs> right? Day made. <laughs> <laughs> and she's really just like, I got to smile at this bitch or she's going to murder me. I, I can know, just tell. Right? Look I at her. see she wants to pop me. She's going to pop my head like a little pimple. <laughs> Ew. So another part of the brain that they noticed was activated is the reunius, which is associated with attention. So they're kind of thinking that maybe the baby schema like makes us want to focus more on babies' faces. To so, like see how they're doing? I think so. I mean, it's sort of like in order for us to survive as a species, like we need to be like upset 
obsessed with babies and them being like hella cute. They can't do anything. You know, caveman times, they all like work together to raise <laughs> to raise children, you know? And like same thing in, in places where there's villages and stuff now. It's like it takes a village. And it's like if everybody's like triggered by cuteness, it doesn't matter if it's your kid or not. They'll take care of it. It's like the opposite of like a rat eating all the rat babies that aren't his. Totally. It's the total opposite where you're just like, you're still a baby. And I like that. So I think that's kind of like how, you know, our species survived. There's also evidence that responsiveness to baby schema occurs in children as young as four months old, which kind of like suggests evolution. But, you know, also it's like, think about like what we're saying, LOL dolls, like different cartoons, like all those things are sort of like... They're all made to look like babies. Like even full-grown adults who are like cartoons, like cartoon adults, not like full-grown human adults who have turned into cartoons (laughs) (laughs) via some sort of weird, what is it, Cool World? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. That movie was good, right? It's like it's it's like live action and then it like turns into like cartoon. There is a cartoon world that was made by this fucking guy who killed his family. And then there's like the regular world and everybody just accepts this, even though this man is like in his 50s. Dude, I should rewatch that. I, I didn't. What did you just say? That it's that it's like someone's in jail? I don't remember that. So this man is in prison and he is the originator of Cool World. And Cool World exists as like a completely separate world. And it's like cartoons, right? That's all cartoon. Yeah. So he made this world. Eventually, he ended up like killing his, I think just his wife, not like his family, just his wife. And he goes to prison. And then he's about to get out. And this fucking weird feisty femme fatale, you know, wants to get him making cartoons again and getting the cartoons out so that <laughs> yeah. cool world and the real world can like be together. It's Shit, the weirdest fucking movie. I don't remember this movie, movie. at all. Like, it I is remember the it, weirdest but... fucking movie. And then Brad Pitt is a real person in cool world. And then he ends up becoming a cartoon or a toon. I think they call them. It's the weirdest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. And every once in a while, I have to watch it again just to remind myself how fucking weird it was. That was like a thing in the early 90s. Like, there's people, but also cartoons in this film, right? We're not good with the CGI yet, but like, look at this shit. We're working on it. (laughs) We're working on it. Until then, you get tunes and people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But yeah, like adults in cartoons still look like babies. Like they're all still drawn to look like fucking children. You're right. The super big eyes. Yeah. Even the like dudes kind of look like babies, like baby dudes. Yeah, they do. You know, it's so cool. Like the stuff we've been talking about has just kind of like been segueing into my next thing. Oh, I'm like stoked. It's perfect. Fucking tell me. I started reading just a little bit about like cuteness in general, like not really about, you know, wanting to like crush cute things or whatever, but just like in general about cuteness. So I don't know if maybe I should have spoken about this first. It was the last thing I read about. And to be honest, I like read the cliff notes of this because I had to pay to read the essay and I didn't want to. This essay is called The Cuteness of the Avant-Garde and it's in this book written by Sian Nye. So the book is called Our Aesthetic Category is Zany, Cute, Interesting, a triad. Um, This guy, he's like a critic, Benjamin Lytall. He wrote a review of the book and he says, this triad defines the way we live now. How we work is the zany. How we exchange information is the interesting and how we consume is the cute. Cute as patriarchal shit, (laughs) I wrote because my notes are just fantastic. I like it. Okay, so this was really interesting to me, this patriarchal shit. So this man named Edmund Burke, do you know who he is? I don't think so. Dude, I don't either. (laughs) But he's some guy from the 18th century. He says, women are very sensible of this. 
cuteness. Women are very sensible of this, for which reason they learn to lisp, to totter in their walk, to counterfeit weakness and even sickness. In all this, they are guided by nature. Beauty and distress is much the most affecting beauty. So like granted this 18th century, it's like different. But I, I just reading that, it's like that kind of goes back to like our strong desire to care for cute things, you know, because... And if you're a person with no agency in the world, it might make more sense for you to pretend that you don't know what is going on. Like, I'm just a baby. If you could just care for me and like make sure that nobody rapes me or like totally. kills me, then that would be just great. Totally. And then you poison their soup. <laughs> Yep, that's what you do. (laughs) But it's pretty interesting. The woman who wrote this essay sort of talks about how like, if we were thinking that like since the 18th century, that like cuteness is like the ideology of like beauty and femininity and whatever. It's like marketing to this aesthetic is really problematic. Yeah, because it's telling full grown women to be a baby. Yeah, I mean, but like, which is a thing. The the author observes that cute objects represent aesthetic sizing of powerlessness. Cute objects are usually soft, round, and deeply associated with the infantile and feminine. Mm -hmm. And like cute toys a lot of times have faces, but they're like so simple that they like don't really have faces. Like Hello Kitty doesn't have a mouth. Like a lot of different like anime stuff, they don't really have noses. Right. Or like if they do have what I would consider like adult features, they're so grotesque and oversized that it just doesn't make sense. Totally. Like I'm thinking about boobs in anime where you're just like, what, where did that come from? She's like teeny tiny and then her breasts are ginormous. That rarely happens in nature. The author does talk about anime. Yeah, she says, Japanese cartoons, art, toys, et cetera, often abuse and disfigure cute things. For example, San X, which is like Sanrio, but like a little bit like- Edgier. Exactly, a little bit edgier. They featured a slightly burnt and dejected looking bread bun named Kogapen, which I actually don't know who that is. But that was their most popular figure. And she writes about that. The smaller and less formally articulated or more blob-like the object, the cuter it becomes. In part because smallness and blobishness suggest greater malleability and thus a greater capacity for being handled. Ew. Right? It's like some weird kind of like control thing or... Gross. She also drew a connection between cuteness and like ugly and aggressive feelings as well as tender and maternal ones, just like we've been talking about this whole time, like cute aggression. So the cute object's passivity and vulnerability is often intended to excite a consumer's sadistic desires for mastery and control as much as his or her desire to cuddle. I mean, think about the act of cuddling in general. The act of cuddling, there tends to be, especially when it comes to like children and small things or like puppies, Mm -hmm. kittens, like you are cuddling them. They are not Mm -hmm. necessarily cuddling you. Oh, totally. You're like, you can never leave me. Like, I'm going to pick you up and cuddle right now. And they're like, fine, large animal. Please don't hurt. My dog like tries to get away from me all the time when I try to cuddle her. Right? And every once in a while, like even with (laughs) Ray, he's he's a reptile. I have a bearded dragon. With him, every once in a while, he makes it very clear to me that he is not interested in my bullshit. He doesn't want to be handled. And most of the time, I'm chill with it. But every once in a while, I'm like, it's been a few days. His body, his rules. Yeah, his body, his rules. But also, it's like, I'm not going to let you brewmate, bro. Get up. You got to eat. I got it. But also, I'm going to snug with you because you're already here. Mm, And he's like, well, fine, because you're warm. So she points to Winnie the Pooh, you know, so he's like fat and right. like poly. but he's also like super clumsy and like doesn't know anything. We like that, you know, because we're like, you're not threatening. And like what she is kind of seeing is like, that's inviting us to be superior. 
Maybe contemporary society is also fascinated with acuteness that alludes to something more sinister than cuteness, an uncanny extreme mimicry of cuteness that rejects cute as innocent, and by extension, women as simple. Cuteness becomes subversive, and women are diverse and complex. Okay, so she goes on to say, when a woman takes on a cute persona or adopts cute aesthetics, they may do so knowing that their cuteness will provoke a certain response in someone, be it affection, a sense of dominance, or a disarming effect. And this can be a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Like thinking about like sex work and like porn and stuff like that. Benny has like an issue with porn where like girls like have stuffed animals around them. It's like commodifying like that kind of youthful innocence, which most often is kind of referenced with children and teenagers. I think I just like get defensive because when I was doing like nude stuff like that in like 2008, like I totally had photos like that, you know, like bows in my hair and like. Well, yeah, there's there's other ways of expressing the same kind of like the innocence without it being even direct. Like if you are shaving your pussy, sorry, 100 percent. That is exactly the same thing. Like you Mm -hmm. are you are evoking a like not full grown adult vibe. And I know that it's it's less about that now than it is about like, it's just a thing that we've been doing for so long. Yeah. Well, also it's like comfortable. Like I don't, I'm not like totally bald because I don't like that specifically because of that. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm like a woman now. I like want to have like I would like to have cubes. pubic hair. Yeah. But I like shave my lips because it feels more comfortable yeah. for me. Yeah. Like in my underwear, it just like feels better. And yeah. like my bikini line. So now that we know about my pubes. <laughs> we have to assess like all the things that we do to modify ourselves do make us look more childlike at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. if you are shaving your pits, you are making yourself look prepubescent. I tried to be a woman who grew out my armpit hair and I just, that's just not me. I tried. Yeah, I don't like it. It makes me itchy. Yeah, me too. It felt uncomfortable and I felt more sweaty. Yeah. But I kind of liked the vibe. I'd like be at bar class and be like, I have armpit hair. <laughs> like, like Fucking that. step to me. Look at me. I don't give a shit about anything. Right? My I don't armpit my hair will suffocate you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I want you to see how little I care about your opinion. <laughs> right? It was like kind of like that. The other thing that I think about is like people who like surround themselves with candy. I'm like, it's it's a very like kind of, oh, look at me. I'm very like candy is all colorful and like reminiscent of childhood. And it was like a thing. And it was like, this is who I am. I like candy and bows. And really, like if you like stuffed animals and that's a thing that you really enjoy, then I don't think that anyone should feel like that makes you inherently childish or like that you're mm-hmm. you're trying to represent yourself as like, you know, more youthful than you are. I think it's just a thing that people have come to associate with being childish. Because of that, the people who are interested in participating in inappropriate things with children or like young teens, um, because there is a difference between pedophilia and hebophilia, by the way. Um, but what is hepophilia? Hebophilia is when oh, you like being into blood. So oh. that's I think hemo. Hemophiliac is like when you just bleed a lot. I don't know. I don't know about that. But hebophiles <laughs> is like you are attracted to post-pubescent children. So there is mm. a difference between pedophiles. Okay, pedophilia is like before puberty. And Correct. then hebophilia. Hebophilia is like under, under 18. Yeah, but post-pubescent. Okay. Or like sometimes slightly like like just before pubescence. Hmm. Like where you can see that things are kind of going that direction. None of it's okay. No. I'm taking not. a stand. No, if, yeah. If you are I'm under 18 you. and an adult comes up to you, 
Yeah, the only person that should be having sex with an under 18-year-old person is an under 18-year-old person. Exactly. That's like your boyfriend. Exactly. Yeah, or like really good friend that you're just like experimenting with. <laughs> <laughs> We've conditioned ourselves to look at specific stimuli as being for children. And therefore, if you're using it, then you're trying to act like a child. That's also kind of a dangerous place to be because it makes people for feel sure. guilty for liking things. But there is also the whole like, you know, daddy daughter kind of play, which I do it. And that's is, like, I'm, I'm sorry so that I keep talking about porn, out. but sorry, I keep talking about porn, but I'm going to like, why are those like the most trending videos it's like on so Pornhub and stuff? Like yuck. why? Or even the it's like stepson that. gets with stepmom kind of thing where you're like, ew, yeah, stepson, do you not weird. see how this is a problem and how someone's taking advantage of you? But like, I get that it's like fantasy play. I understand that it's not real. Yeah, and it's like taboo. But like it's somebody like, was explaining yuck. it to me. Yuck. Yeah, I don't vibe with it. I mean, people really like it though. Like even like the stepbrother, stepsister stuff bugs Ooh, me. Oh, God. Where you're like, like no. caught my caught my stepbrother jerking off so I gave him a blowjob video. It's just like, that's weird. Like, no, that is so incredibly crossing boundaries in your family. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's I know, not, I'm not cool. about it. I watch different disgusting porn, okay? <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to talk about it, but what I like is dark. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't like anything like too crazy. But like that kind of stuff really bothers me where I'm just like, I understand that there is a difference between pretending to do something and actually doing it. So I am not suggesting that these people are doing like daddy-daughter play and then like going out and kidnapping a child. I do think that those videos are used by people who already have an inclination mm -hmm. to abuse children. And then they yeah. kind of get more of a taste for it. I wish there was a way that people could just get help for their inclinations without like the social stigma of like, oh, you're a pedophile. Mm -hmm. Like, because I feel like that would help people learn how to control themselves instead of for hurting sure. children. But we're not there yet. So. so just like the last thing I want to talk about is like in anime and like different things like that, like using cartoons and like using like the cute aesthetic or whatever mm -hmm. is like, it allows you to do things that like would be super fucked up to do if it was like people. Yeah. Like tentacle rape, you know, stuff like that. There's like the Bjork video, I Miss You. I mean, there's like weird stuff in it. It's like her and like, they're like cartoons and they have like condoms on them. And like, it, it's just like a violent video. Like at one point, like her head is pulled off. And Jesus it, but it's Christ. Like, I don't remember that video. I'll send it to you. So it's like, but it's like totally okay because it's like cartoons. And if it was like realistic, we'd be like, what the fuck? This is like disgusting. Like, no. But because it's like this cute cartoon, you're like, oh, this is fine. Right. You know, same thing with a lot of anime, you know, which I like, you know, I don't have like beef with anime, but it is interesting. Like, cause I also read stuff about like kawaii stuff. Which I love. Me too. I think it's wonderful. You know, I think right. it's really cool. I think it's like a, like taking ownership of cuteness. Right. You know, and I think in a way it was like an act of rebellion, you know, to just right. be like, no, like this is what I'm doing. I like this. And I didn't include it in my research because she was talking about how it's like a bad thing. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know about that. Things are probably worth analyzing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're inherently bad. I think that the way some people use certain things are, but mm -hmm. the thing itself does not necessarily have to be bad. Totally. And, you know, I didn't really read the essay. Like yeah. I literally read like somebody's somebody's summary of the essay. Right. I was like, I don't want to pay for this. So I'm sure there's more info, but it is just interesting. Like cuteness is a concept, what it means for women and parents and everybody. And yeah. 
I mean, that's it. That's that's the end. That's all I got. I feel like that was a lot. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. No, it's it's really fascinating. And I, you know, I have thought about this kind of like weird dichotomy of like what we expect something to represent like the the thing that I was talking about with testosterone. We expect that mm-hmm. to be an entirely aggression, but it's also about community building. Yeah, that's really interesting. So this to me is like the most interesting to figure out like why our bodies respond in specific ways or to think totally. about like why we have such strong like visceral reactions to something that you would think would be like lovely. Like, oh, it's a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to scream in your face. You're so fucking cute. Yeah. You can't scream in a baby's face. They don't like it. Oh, no, not even don't. if you're screaming nice things at them. <laughs> They're like, we're tonal. We don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so scared, loud. No. <laughs> One of the things that I do think is interesting is like the idea of like femininity and, and cuteness and how that's like something against women. But it's right. like, we also can take that and like use it to our advantage. Yeah. And we do. Well, 100%, like Britney Spears and mm-hmm. like, you know, pop stars and their music videos and looking like little kids and using like baby voice, like Jessica Simpson with her like dumbness oh and baby voice. And... Or like Paris Hilton. Oh, yeah, totally. So dumb. She's admitted that that's like something she kind of milked. That isn't who she is. She's smart. She's like an entrepreneur. She's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a tool to be like liked and like cherished or, you know, right. I don't know. It's interesting. Like it doesn't make it less legitimate to say it's it's a tool to be liked because to be frank, everything that we do is about having safety and community. We're just animals. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you relate to this, but I remember growing up and like not being cute anymore. You know what I mean? Like right. feeling like the difference in like love and affection. Like I think that Nori struggles with that, you know, being like almost seven and like her brother is still being like a little baby. I mean, yeah. he's not a toddler, but the amount of cuteness, tummy vibes aren't the same for her anymore. I mean, it makes you know? sense. It totally makes sense. Ripley does the thing where she'll like pretend to be a hedgehog and she'll like baby talk. That's because so she cute. feels herself getting older and she feels like mm-hmm. she's not my baby anymore. But I have to tell her all the time, like, oh, trust me, you will be my baby for much longer than you are comfortable with. I know. They're so sweet, though. There's going like, to come a time when you're just like, hey, stay the fuck away from me, bitch. I and I'll be like, but that. you're my baby. And she laughs. She's like, ha, ha, ha. I'll never say that to you, mom. And I'm like, but you will. I know. And then every once in a while, you'll have a bad day and you'll need to come to be mama's baby and you'll still be my baby. Oh, the human condition. Humans are meant to like have support and love and community with each other. So it makes sense to me that this would be a thing that people utilize. Mm -hmm. And I think even dudes utilize it to some degree. I say dudes like there are only dudes and girls, obviously. There's like a whole host of things. I'm talking about like dudes. Like bros. Like bros. Like they'll they'll do like cutesy things and and be like, I'm cute. Right. You can see I it know. in their face. They're just like, mm, I'm being precious right now. You're like, yeah, <laughs> you are. You're a cutie baby. <laughs> I'll protect you. I promise. <laughs> oh, cuties. This was interesting. So what do you think the takeaway is other than just like being cute doesn't have to be bad? Parenting is hard. If we didn't think babies were so cute, we wanted to explode, we'd abandon them. And I just think like using cuteness to your advantage to like get ahead in life is like pretty cool because like it really does affect people. Yeah. I don't know. What's your takeaway? My takeaway is it's okay for me to want to squish things that are cute 
I just need to realize that that is tied to a very real aggression. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that you're you're actually like really emotionally together because you have these like intense feelings. That, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. I've never felt more together in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hate to tell you that the episode that we're going to record next, which will be my episode, is not cute. Uh-oh, what is it? It is about flat earthers, but also about blood cults. I love that. About a, an entrepreneurial spirit who has moved to Portland and brought his blood cult flat earther bullshit to us. So that's what we're talking about. Flat Earthers, yeah. Blood Cults, uh, Portland's potential sex cult. I'm excited. Yeah, and then Hell I think yeah. maybe I'll finish up my Radium Girls thing. I don't know. We'll do depressing, depressing, not so depressing. Depressing, depressing, not so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm glad I switched it up today. It was a good one. I really liked it. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Okay, you guys, you have been listening to I Read a Thing. We release new episodes every other Friday. You can find out more about us on iRedAthing.com or you could stream us wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram, iRedAthingPodcast. You can also find us on YouTube where we will actually release like more, just some cuts, but less cut versions mm-hmm. of this episode where you can hear us like chittering at each other for longer. If that's We're something friends. that you're we into, chat. we do actually chat and talk to each other. We have rapport. <laughs> 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 so yeah, please come back and see us. We hope to see you for the next episode and we love you. Thank you love so you. much. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts, by the by. Five stars. Five stars and up. Can you give six <laughs> stars? No, you can't. Five stars is fine. <laughs> God, I haven't looked at that in a while. I wonder if we have some shitty reviews now. Oh, God. It's probably just like, mm, no thanks. I know. I don't look at the YouTube because I'm scared. Yeah, I, I try not to. I don't like bad comments. I just don't. Are there a lot of mean ones? No, not really. Some of them you just look at and you're like, oh, go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> One yeah. of them complained about us cursing. You guys could try not to curse so much. Like, you don't, like, you are lovely ladies don't need to try to curse so much to be cool. Oh, babe. I don't need to no. try to be cool. I, I curse a lot because I'm an awful person, not because I'm trying to be cool. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm like so, so curious about what they say, but for my mental health, I'm never going to look. It's not a great so idea. So just so you know, you can be as mean as you want and I'm never going to read it. You'll have to find me on other social media platforms to insult me. <laughs> <laughs> Try my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want my personal page or <laughs> But yeah, so we will see you next time. We love you and happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. Mwah. Bye. Oh. Was me Frenching. Was oh, Frenching God. you guys. That was aggressive and weird. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs>